0: All right, welcome to the conversation. We're gonna have a very interesting conversation tonight. Uh, A reporter who participated in an article that I call trash is coming on. So you have gotta give him credit uh, for doing that. It's a person that we've talked to uh, before. It's Dave Weigel, he's from the Washington Post. uh, And we're going to have a spirited conversation about Nina Turner's campaign in Ohio's 11th district. Dave, welcome back.
1: It's good to be back, man, and nothing, no hard feelings. This is if you can write something and you can't be criti- you can't be criticized without uh, feeling emotional. You shouldn't be writing anything.
0: All right. Well, I love that attitude, so that's great. All right. <laughs> so, Dave, let's get into it, to the substance of it, right? So, uh, Nina mm-hmm. Turner is running in 11th district in Ohio. Um, she had 12 to 13 no-name candidates. Uh, the establishment picked. One name out of a hat, it appears. Uh, somebody with almost no record uh, ran Cuyahoga Democratic Party for you know, and we, we'll get into that. Her name is Chantel Brown, and and so they poured millions of dollars into her. And Nina Turner had a 35 point lead. Now it looks like the race is much much tighter because of all that lobbyist money. And and I've had a lot of bones to pick with the mm-hmm. mainstream media coverage of it uh, as usual, uh, including the Washington Post coverage. And uh, so. But one of the things that's happened recently, and I want to start here, is is Jim Clyburn, obviously Congress, Democratic Congressman from South Carolina, had a giant impact in the primary, almost single-handedly killed Bernie Sanders' chance at the presidency with his endorsement of of Joe Biden. Obviously, just doesn't agree with progressives. I don't know whether he hates that, us or just wants to, you know, just doesn't doesn't agree with us would be the kindest words, right? And he has now gotten into this race and along with everybody else in the establishment has endorsed Chantel Brown, who he doesn't know a thing about. And he pretty much admits he doesn't know a thing about. And that has now been framed by the Washington Post and almost every other media outlet as poor Jim Clyburn wasn't gonna get in this race. But Killer Mike says something at a TYT town hall with Nina Turner that offended him. And even though endorsements take weeks to put together, sometimes months, he decided that his feelings were hurt, and he was going to get in this race. Uh, I call BS on it. I don't believe him for a second. Um, I'm curious why the press is covering it uh, with, you know, as if it's has credibility. Like. Oh, okay. Clyburn woke up and didn't know Hillary Clinton had endorsed Chantelle Brown and decided that, oh, golly, gee, oh, it's <laughs> Nina Turner. Uh, I hate Bernie Sanders. And she was a campaign co chair for uh, Bernie Sanders. Oh, she's in the race? Oh, okay. I'm going to get in. It it doesn't seem credible, Dave. So why's, why are people covering it with credibility?
1: Well, uh, I like the way you framed it because in the story I wrote, and I was I was in Ohio uh, last week before before AOC came. The story I wrote, well, the way I described it is what I, I I'm I stick to now, which is that Brown's campaign uh, look look at the momentum here. They she got in, she was not well known, as you said, uh, she was trying to raise money and raising it from you know the Robert Kraft right from the uh, Republican chair, former Republican chairman, I should say, of the Cuyahoga uh, Party. She was building the kind of donor base you're talking about. However, Turner put this poll out that said she had 50%, Brown had 15. And and I'm just telling you the strategy of the campaign, it's not making an endorsement. I wouldn't do that. Uh, The Brown campaign, that was kind of a a bad moment for them. They were struggling to get people who they thought would support them like Clyburn uh, over the line. So one thing that they've told me and then Clyburn has, has confirmed is that uh, the Brown campaign at that, at that event, you were you were uh, hosting it. The killer Mike came to. Uh, he makes that comment Juneteenth. Uh, Nina Turner says you you better tell him. And they take that clip and they send it to Clyburn, who they knew was going to come on board at some point. But they use this to say, okay, uh, this is what they're saying about you, and that got him to endorse faster. He, I think, I agree with you that he was always probably going to endorse. And this happened with Biden. And look. Uh, they can You can kind of retell the history in real time. But after I tweeted this, it was kind of a two part uh, tweet that referred to the article a little bit. And I think some people read that and said, are you saying that it was uh, Killer Mike's fault that Clyburn got get it? Not at all, not at all. It was part of a strategy by the Brown campaign to classify Turner, as the same Tina Turner who had made Democrats like Clyburn so angry, the one who had the audacity to, you know, not go out there and campaign for Biden after she'd made all these arguments against him, not vote for the platform when she said why she wasn't voting for the platform. But that was what happened. It wasn't that wasn't the event that changed the race. It was an event that the campaign used because they wanted to build that that momentum and get Clyburn. And Clyburn has been helpful for them in sending the signal. You saw the CBC come in after that, uh, sending the signal that. Uh, this is the candidate if you want to get in and get in. And I talked to other candidates in the race, and you talked about the credit ballot. And they said that's just the message has been pretty clear. Uh, the money is going to be with Chantel, the endorsements are with Chantel. Uh, no one else had a, 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 any footing in this race. And so that was, that, was, that was where this fit in. It wasn't Killer Mike did it, it was that they utilized that Killer Mike clip in this strategy they've had, which is not a policy based strategy. It is a I'm a loyal Democrat and she's not strategy.
0: So I get that that's the theme that they're building. But right. when you just acknowledge that Clyburn was likely to endorse against Nina Turner, that is the first time anyone in mainstream media has acknowledged it. It's not written in really okay. any piece, not one piece doesn't mention that. And and, and Dave, the reason why it's important is because yeah. the establishment like Clyburn and, and Hillary Clinton and the others will then later, Hakeem Jeffries a big part of it, will later claim to be the victims. Like, we're spending millions of dollars through our lobbyist friends to try to end Nina Turner's career when she had a 35 point lead and we had no business in that race because there's no incumbent in that race. That's their usual excuse. But we hate that she's not corrupt, but we're the victims. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. Killer Mike said something. We're the victims. Can you see how that they they're going to use that? And by the way, almost everyone in media is going to follow along. And if Nina Turner wins, there the rest. And you will see this, even if you disagree now. I'll show it to you afterwards. Everyone in yeah. media will write that Jim Clyburn was the victim and Nina Turner was the aggressor. I th- I can th-
1: that version of events. I think is 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 what. People might say it's hard to predict what people will write after an election, right? If if Brown were to win, I think the storyline would be that uh, Turner poked the bear, and I think that that would be inaccurate. I mean, I I really I'm glad I could be on the show because I, I I wanted to point to what I wrote in the in the newsletter, the trailer for the post. versus the tweet was a two-part tweet, and I think I said in the second part, Clyburn was probably always uh, was going to endorse, but these are. I sh- you sh- it's good, important to be clear that there there was a plan here. He endorsed after Hillary Clinton did. Members of the CBC were endorsing uh, af- after Clyburn and before Clyburn did. The plan was always, you know, the Marsha Marcia Fudge's mother endorsing Chantel Brown happened before Clyburn. So it is important to lay the story out here. Uh, and actually, if if Brown were to win the election, I think that might be some spin. I think you're correct. That spin would be would be wrong. I I, I think discreetly. Uh, the Brown campaign used that to build momentum and get Clyburn on their side. That's one part of a story, the larger story and the reason that the Brown campaign closing thinks they have a shot is honestly it's because they think Turner when she had the big biggest advantage, raised the most money, outraised the field um, that she was on TV, but she hired a lot of staff. She didn't put the race away, which is hard to do obviously, but she didn't put the race away. Brown and this and the Super PAC Democratic Majority for Israel—that's the one that Robert Kraft supports. They plus Brown on the air in June got to spend. we spending more money than turn more points on TV. I should say, dollar for dollar, might be a little bit a little bit close. But that is probably uh, important. But that is part of this overall storyline that the Brown campaign was looking for ways to say. How can we make this a underdog story? How can we get this? And you're right. It's a lot of spin. I mean, I wish I was a more interesting guest and I was disagreeing and screaming at you. But, but no. I think we had a um a misunderstanding about the way this this part of the story went. I think you're right. Let's imagine what you're imagining. Let's imagine it's an upset. new Turner has a thirty point lead. She's not member of Congress. Uh, you're gonna flip on TV and it's gonna be the left is dead. Uh, the left got hubristic. Um, that that's. I'm with you, (laughs) there are storylines that are kind of floating in the ether that you can see formulating. And I've seen them happen, um, kind of Democrat Republican things as a reporter covering races this year. I remember when the the Republican on Democrat special election in New Mexico, that was gonna be a referendum on crime, everyone was ready to write, Democrats blew it, voters have changed their minds on crime, they're voting against Democrats, I I covered Larry Krasner, people ready to write that story. You're right that there is a desirability for a narrative that's pretty simple, that has some good guys, has some bad guys. in which. I think the the activist left that is pushing the party, that is uh, the most boisterous, the one that Democrats in Congress want to go away. Uh, look, those people are the ones talking the most uh, to reporters. So I think that'd be inaccurate. I mean, I'm I I, I want to lay out what's happening in the race, but I think but what you're sketching out, I can see stories like that being written, just like I've seen stories that I disagree with being written about lots of races I cover.
0: Yeah, and so you mentioned so many interesting things there. So let's uh, get into mm-hmm. a, a bunch of those. So if if Nina Turner loses, they'll say Mm -hmm. she didn't put it away. Almost Mm -hmm. none of those stories will write, Oh, by the way, there was millions of dollars in lobbyist money spent against her. That's Mm -hmm. why she didn't put it away. Well, that would seem to be fairly relevant, right? And it's almost never covered unless it's the intercept or us. Uh, Then they say, oh well, Nina Turner's against unity. Wait a minute, Chantel Brown's the one getting all the Trump donor money. Robert Kraft, as you pointed Mm -hmm. out earlier in the interview, the Cuyahoga Republican Party chair gave money to Chantel Brown because she's going to work mm-hmm. for Republicans, and Nina Turner doesn't take any Republican money. Chantel Brown is taking tons and tons of Republican money, and the media writes in almost every article that Nina Turner's against unity, and Chantel Brown is in favor of unity. Mm-hmm. Unity with who? Trump? I mean, do you can't, like, Dave, yeah. you, look, you're a reasonable guy, you're a smart guy. That's why these conversations are actually very interesting. I'd much rather have an intelligent conversation than one where we're yelling at one another. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm amazed that people that work in mainstream media cannot see their overwhelming, unbelievable bias.
1: Yeah, I can't speak to every story that's coming about this in mainstream media. And, And honestly, one factor here is that Cleveland and Akron, these are places where the local media has been hollowed out for years. So there are races where there are local, I mean, the New York mayor's race is an example. If you pick a really unique one, there are a ton of people, Covering every angle, every donor gets covered, every pack gets covered. You find out who's behind it. Um, and you're right that it's been the, inter- the intercept and in people who are more invested in the race. I mean, I'll, I'll criticize myself a little bit. I've, or I've, written some things about where the money's coming from, but it hasn't been one of my focuses. Um, I my beat is every kind of every election happening around the country, and I, I I think you're right that there are more stories there about the money, about where it's coming from that are important. Um, but in in Cleveland and Akron, that's not been the local the, the local Angle, And I'm not saying this is right or wrong, I'm saying that the, the research and pretty stressed. You haven't seen a lot of reporting about who's backing who. And it's been a little surreal because Turner as a candidate, and Daniel, Daniel Marins wrote this very uh, well at the Huff, Huffington Post. Uh, before the DMFI PAC came in, Turner was running a very positive campaign. I mean, she told me, I started the campaign that went, the way I wanted to finish it, which was positive ads, uh, pay equity. Medicare for all, $15 minimum wage substance, her talking to voters, things like that. She was not running a negative campaign and she was not attacking Democrats. So all of the kind of animists that got people like Clyburn, like Gregory Meeks endorsed. Gregory Meeks, Yeah, I, I not, I'm not. i not tracking these folks. I've not been spending a lot of my time with Gregory Meeks, but pretty sure he does not go way back with Chantel Brown, right? There are Democrats that endorse this and they're explicit. And that's one thing about the race. Uh, in the district is Chantal Brown's argument is I will be a loyal Democrat who will vote with Joe Biden's agenda. She has no disagreements with the Biden agenda. Uh, when I sat down with her um, and I was asking about thing, things she would change or not specific things. Generally, I'm gonna bring stuff back to Cleveland. Uh, and another factor in this race, it's a reason why she doesn't have um, you know, the Cleveland Plain Dealer endorsement. Mayor of Cleveland has endorsed Turner. Uh, yeah, she has a thin record and that's one thing I think I've I've been noticing this when people endorse her and they can't really make a normative argument. Uh, here's what she's done that's so great. You saw Clyburn I think on CBS the other day saying, um, "This is somebody who gets things done." You know, it's very general, uh, but they're very <laughs> explicit. Here is a candidate who's uh, younger and fresh face for the party, and she's going to work with Joe Biden and she's not going to make waves. Um, it's you don't have to cover the race in a let's uh, let's turn this rock over way. To find that, because that's the message. I mean, uh, Brown has an ad that was in circulation when I was there, still in circulation now. That's just half of the ad is, you know, I worked hard to elect Joe Biden, and thank God we did. And the emphasis is on Joe Biden's president. I helped elect him. I'm going to work with him. And so I think you're right, though, that the the part about where the money is coming from. gets a little bit lower in the conversation because of the Democratic infighting. But look, the Democratic infighting in this, that's a fascinating story. There's two ways this goes. One way is that Nina Turner wins after the CBC, the the, the highest ranking black Democrat in the House. Uh, all these all these folks in the conference that she should work with came out and endorsed against her or Chantel Brown wins. And it's a candidate who was built up and we know she was built up by this sort of national network by donors who did not want Turner to win. Um, and is gonna the story when she gets to D.C. is look how she beat the left. That's not very unifying. So I haven't seen the kind of coverage you're talking about. Who's the unifying candidate? It hasn't been like that because Brown's argument is, I'm unifying, she's not. And Turner, until she was getting kind of hammered, went went negative, was not go was not attacking Chantel Brown. Only kind of she had a, a press event uh, yesterday, today's Thursday, where she had endorser her after endorser and say kind of what you're saying. But it, it took until the last weekend for Turner to match. The sort of negativity they're saying, because she was not trying to run a, I'm going to get in there and tell Joe Biden off. I'm going to vote against the infrastructure bill. You know, mm-hmm. when I interviewed both candidates, Turner's position on infrastructure, I think she she wants to be more of an advocate for 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 for, for adding more. But she's not even taken the um, you know, the Rashida Tlaib or the Cory Bush position that are, I'm trying to think of somebody who else. Yeah, you know, there's a couple of members of the progressive caucus who said I can't vote for it in this form. She's not even saying that. She's willing to play ball with the Democrats she'd be working with and they're putting her hand away. And I think I hope my coverage of the race has reflected that. I think that's the accurate story. If if there's a version of, of story that runs that's what you're describing, man, I don't think that's not right at all. I mean, and I saw this this race in Texas yesterday. The, or Tuesday, people who were trying to say Trump was on the ballot, referendum on Trump. I'm pushing back against that. Like there is a reality on the ground. There's the messages. There's who's behind who. There's where the money's coming from. That's the story. Not not the spin is very easy to cut through in this race.
0: man nah, I don't know about that. So Dave, uh, look. Well, it's
1: <laughs> easy for us to cut through. Maybe not everybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: so look, um, I I'll tell you why Nina Turner's running a positive campaign. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I know. And 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 the reason is mm. because like any smart progressive candidate, they're deeply worried about the media. Um it's mm. if you had a fair fight and the media covered it fairly and they said, "Hey, mm. you know, actually when Nina Turner made the comment about Biden being a half bowl of excrement, she said Trump mm. was a full bowl." Uh and mm. and if the media said consistently, "Nina Turner is m- more progressive and believes in going further left in in fighting for Democratic positions more, not less, Mm -hmm. right? Then Nina Turner could be uh, aggressive during the campaign, etc. But she knows, as almost any progressive knows, that the media is going to hammer her. And so if she says anything that the media can use to lie about her, she's going to be in a lot of trouble. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's why she has to run a positive campaign. Because God forbid she criticized Chantel Brown even 1% or the Democratic leadership 1%. Everybody's gonna write the story Nina Turner's the bad guy, she's not a real Democrat, as if she's a right winger, as opposed to being mm-hmm. more left. I, do you get the sense from these stories that she's more left? I don't get the sense at all. No, it's the exact opposite. The Daily Beast wrote mm. this hatchet job of, a, of an article. Uh, pretending. Oh, that, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, now. Oh my gosh, she took $1,000 from XYZ. They never mentioned the millions that Chantel Brown took from lobbyists mm-hmm. and from Trump donors. How come nobody's talking about the Trump donors? How come nobody's talking about the millions of dollars? And part of the assumption, Dave, is that the cor- corporate mm-hmm. media thinks millions of dollars in corruption is normal. It's normal. It's not something to note. Trump donors backing Democrats is normal. Corporate Democrats and corporate Republicans agree. So, and, and if Nina Turner were to point out, hey, Joe Biden didn't keep his promises. He said that uh, there'd be $10,000 in student debt relief and there isn't. He said he'd take marijuana off schedule one and he didn't. He said he'd do uh, lower Medicare uh, uh, you know, uh, eligibility to 55. He didn't, we can go on and we can do two dozen of those promises he didn't keep. And I want him to be a better democrat, the media would shred her. That, again, I'm gonna ask, I know you can't speak for all the media, but you know a lot of folks in media the culture like does the media realize that progressives think you guys despise us and you write every article in a super biased way and it that it's a landmine that any progressive candidate has to tiptoe around that landmine because their number one concern is how
1: unfair the media is hmm you're right that I can't speak for all the media because i start with my story. I, what I tried to convey, try to convey in mind, and then we're writing more as the election comes up, Turner has said that. Turner said, I want to go there and push for the things we want. She's not said, I'm going to call Joe Biden name. She said, I'm going to get out there and there's stuff that we ran on that we're not, we haven't done yet. And she'll she'll point it out. You, you mentioned a few of them. Uh, but uh, when the Democratic majority for Israel put out, uh, it was a mailer put out where it had a list of issues. And these are issues in the Democratic platform. It had a red X Saying Nina Turner didn't support them, uh, one. I mean, I, I tweeted at the time, and I talked I talked to the PAC for the story. I said it's ridiculous to say that Nina Turner uh, is against is against universal health care because she voted against a platform which did not support universal health care because she supported Medicare for all. Like, we were there, and the irony here. Um, you haven't talked much about this, but um, Bernie Sanders is coming to the district if if the timing works. He's coming on Saturday. Bernie Sanders is kind of the, doing everything that a Democrat could, uh, maybe a Biden or a, the Democrats are talking about could ask for, right? He's interviewed all the time. Does he criticize Biden? No. Does he say, I, I'm not going to pass this unless Medicare for All is in it? No. So you have in Sanders this, I think Maureen Dowd wrote about, wrote about this, a good behavior, let's call it that. You have a Democrat who's not going out there and saying, I'm going to filibuster until I get my way. Despite that, the, the idea of having Nina Turner in the House is anathema to these Democrats because it, Clyburn said this a lot after the election. He blamed uh, just the existence of the defund police movement for Democrats losing seats. And they have a mindset that is uh, the party's about doing stuff and messaging. If we're not messaging, here's the bill we passed and here it helps how it helps you. Um, we're fighting amongst ourselves, we need those people to stop fighting. And so I did, I mean, right after the election, I remember talking to Conor Lamb, who he kind of picked a fight in public with, uh, with AOC. Uh, Abigail Spanberger picked a fight. Let it be known that in the call that she was trash and defund the police. The aggressors in a lot of these fights, certainly this primary, are the, the more establishment Democrats uh, in, the, in the last few uh, races. Look, they won the primary, they run the party. Uh, that's what's been ironic to me watching this is that Sanders and the even the squad, I mean, the most they've done is tweet that they want some things to go a different direction. AOC joined a protest with Sunrise of the White House. But they're not trying to stop the agenda. Despite that, the existence of Democrats who are divisive uh, worries Democrats. And what is the reason? I think that's what you were getting to: is that coverage of infighting is often not about the in, it's not about the substance of what's being fought about. It's that some people are being disagreeable. Uh, it's that some people have a slogan that that might not be popular. And it's not uh, are there slogans that I think backfire? Yeah, certainly. But I think you're right. The Democrats are. Mindset comes a lot from the coverage that they get. It's a, it is instead of uh, what does this do? How does it work? It is how would you pay for it? Or why do or do will you oppose the Biden bill? Are you against this? Um, look, that's reality. I mean, like we need to find out if somebody is going to vote against the package. But what's been odd in this race is even as Sanders, uh, Turner, and Sanders. We're doing what the party would have asked. You know, They're they're more left wing. They're gonna vote against some stuff. They're gonna try to add amendments they don't like, but they're not being nasty about it. Didn't matter. <laughs> the, the attitude was we need to get these people out of there. I think your critique of generally what Democrats are worried of in the media is, is correct. The thing with this race, though, I mean, I I, I know my reporting. I know uh, the reporting I've referred to, Marin's, The Intercept. Um, the I haven't seen the kind of Bigfoot stories about the race that hit the theme you're talking about. But I agree with you that if um, Turner were to lose, there would be a left and disarray narrative going on. Because that is where these things end up. There is a there is a thing, way things work, uh, and then there are people on, uh, who disrupt it. And the people who disrupt it, well, there's something wrong with them because we know the way things work. Uh, I'm not I'm not trying to be glib and compare left and right. It does not this fit, fit, and fit this way. But this is one of my beasts with how um, the Trump movement, the MAGA movement was covered. There's still this kind of high bound notion. Oh well, the, the Republicans we know, uh, the donors we know, the strategists we know. Well, they're not really for this. So these guys are the no. <laughs> the people with the energy who are organizing cover what they want, cover what they're doing. Um, well, I think when I'm doing my job correctly, I'm saying here's what here is what is being argued about. Here's what's in the package. Here's what they're saying. I don't. Uh, we can argue about <laughs> whether I hit that standard. Lots of people hit that standard. But you're right. That too much of the coverage is Democrats want to stay in charge. They've, they're against her because she's going to make it harder, and it's not the substance. Which is, what if she, what if she were to show up, and she's like Sanders, and uh, bills that would have gotten something stripped out have something added back in. That's what she's running on. She's not running on there to just go on. Look, if she wanted to, she could be going on podcasts attacking Democrat name by name in the leadership, saying that's why she's running. She's not doing that. Uh, and I think it's not. It, you said it's you know, awareness of the media, but. It's odd they don't even appreciate that, and instead they've kind of gone into antagonize and try to knock her out. Um, I'm not saying I'm not even passing judgment. What's going to happen, or my prediction, what's going to happen? That's the di- dynamic I see. Though you're right, they're reacting to the media, they're pre-reacting to what they think would happen, um, but they're not giving much credit to somebody in in Turner who is trying to say, "I'm going to be different. Um, I'm not. Gonna, I'm going to be more like the Nina Turner before the you know the five or six interviews that you guys are really angry with." I'm the Nina Turner who did not join the Green Party, who did not join a third party. Um, not enough. <laughs> like they they kinda do not trust her, so they wanna they want to defeat her. And I think that is the way to cover the story.
0: Yeah. So Dave, we're out of time and I this would go twice as long as I, I talked have so many questions. No, that's okay. But I gotta ask you one last thing, even though we're way over time. Sure. Uh you mentioned something there that's so important. You said I think you said that the media has this more skepticism about disruptors. You mentioned like the Trump yeah. disruptors and, and 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 progressive disruptors of the Democratic Party. Can I note that that's incredible that the media that's supposed to challenge the powerful and comfort the afflicted, you know that old quote that I just mm-hmm. mangled, um, and so instead views it as their job to protect the status quo. and and if anybody's trying to disrupt the status quo, which is by the way, terrible for the average American, they get terrible coverage. And that is mm-hmm. why progressives can't stand the mainstream media. And 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 by the way, also you're right, that's why the right wing can't stand the mainstream media, because mm-hmm. it feels like it's the protectors of the corporate status quo.
1: Yeah, I've seen that for years, mean, I've covered my beat was conservatives for a very long time. It kind of changed 2015 to cover more folks in the left but i've always seen that and i uh, my attitude i don't want to pat myself on the back i'm really interested in grassroots politics and where's where the energy is what um i'm always been much less into and to my to to my fault probably i'm less interested in the money part of it um in the kind of who are the big donors who's funding this uh who you know how much money does this pack have i'm interested in that as hey um what policies are being shaped by this but you're right that the that um, and this is why the Trump phenomenon. I'm one of those people who I thought Trump would win the primary the whole time. I was more surprised to win the presidency because I don't. I I thought. Look at Republican voters. Look at the demands they have. Look at the people who are conservative and they don't usually vote even. And they love they they love this. Why did they do that? What are they angry about? What what needs are how is 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 politics not helping them? Why are the people in power not redistributing resources to help them? That's always the issue. And so I think that's why this race in, in Ohio, um, it, it can get, I haven't seen the kind of negative coverage you get, but I can see how it fills in that frame because that's somebody who worked against the nominee of the party um, when the party's in power. Naturally, that's gonna get a, mm, how's this gonna go? And I really think it's, it's always the wrong way to look at it. You know, Look at what people are running on, look at the differences, look at where the money's coming from. So I'm glad you had me on. I'm sorry I was a little bit <laughs> over-talkative about it. Um, But I think you're right, that attitude, and I don't want to indict everybody in the media, but there is an attitude of if something new came, comes along and it's loud uh, and it's unruly and it's criticizing the people that we know, ooh, is that going to be bad? Is that going to backfire? Wrong way to cover it. I mean, like You have to cover where political energy is coming from. It doesn't matter who's in charge right now. Uh, they're renting it. Everyone in power is renting it. Uh, and you've seen the the races I've covered where I'm the kind of the most happy with what I turned out. Are the ones where I just pay attention. <laughs> where is the where is the grassroots energy going? Um, AOC's victory, things like that. Um, Sanders doing better. Trump doing doing better. That that's like the right way to do it. But you're right. People have to be, I think, um, very careful in how they cover this race. That's not just a simple uh, once one candidate is unruly and argumentative and, and bad, and the other candidates going along. It's 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 not even a complicated race. The forces in this are just a lot more. Um, cynical about what what, um, what what they want out of it. And they're telling you, we want a Democrat who's not gonna push back. It's what we want somebody who's gonna work with us. Uh, I think that frame, people cover the race that way. Um, you get the dynamics on the ground and you get why the leadership wants it. And you don't need to say, take one side or another. You can say, here is why, here is what the power is trying to protect. And here is who's trying to overturn it. All
0: right, Dave Weigel from the Washington Post. Really appreciate the honest conversation. Thank you for
1: joining us. Uh, Always a pleasure to talk to you, man. Thank you. All right, thank you.